Hello and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Well, hello, Convention of State supporters, and welcome back to another edition of COS Live. My name is Andrew Woodruff. I'm going to be your host for this episode. As you might see, Rita is not with us. She unfortunately um, cannot make it to the broadcast. Uh, attention must be paid to some legislative affairs. So she won't be joining us. We uh, can't wait for her return next week. But until then, I will be manning this uh, this episode by myself. Um, we have a really great broadcast lined up for you. We uh, came to the conclusion that we haven't gone through the COS presentation in quite a while. So today we are going to do a special edition where we take you through the Convention of States presentation. And it goes step by step what COS is all about, how COS uh, is going to call a convention and how we are the solution as big as the problem. Uh, so buckle up. It's a great presentation that you can use to attract um, other uh, supporters and to get people involved in the fight for liberty. So this is a great uh, presentation that you should use to uh, help engage fellow Americans in this fight for liberty. Over the next 20 minutes, I'm going to provide everything you need to know about the Article 5 Convention of States, the problem, the solution, how it works, our strategy, and finally, how to get involved. If you're unfamiliar with this idea and this movement, don't worry. I was sitting right where you are not too long ago, and hopefully by the end of our time together, you'll have a good grasp on the basics. Let's go over to the problem. The Convention of States project is designed to address the three biggest problems we see in Washington, DC, the debt and spending crisis, the overreach of the federal government, and the negative effects of career politicians. Let's go to the debt and spending. First, the debt and spending crisis. Here's the most important fact about our spending problem. Party doesn't matter. Over on the debt graph, you'll see Democrats and Republicans both spend far beyond our means, and it's jeopardizing the future of our children and our grandchildren. On our government spending slide, you'll see that, but we'll feel the effects of this irresponsible spending even before our grandchildren are saddled with the national debt. According to expert analysis, the Medicare fund will be depleted by 2026 and Social Security will be gone by 2034. Over to the next slide. The second problem is government overreach. There are many ways that Washington abuses its power. But one of the most egregious happens, happens every day in federal bureaucracies. Most people don't realize that bureaucrats are not elected, and yet they are responsible for the vast majority of the laws and regulations under which we live. Here's the problem. Article 1 of the Constitution says that all legislative power is vested in Congress. I think this video does a great job illustrating how far we've departed from that idea. And the federal bureaucracy isn't the only branch that creates laws out of thin air. The Supreme Court does it too, as Mike Ferris explains in this next video. People like us, people that are frustrated with Washington, D.C., often say, well, they don't follow the Constitution anyway. 
Not true. They follow the wrong one. They're following the Constitution as interpreted by the Supreme Court rather than the Constitution as written. This, taken out of my pocket, is a pocket Constitution. 4,000 words in the original document, 4,400 words. If you count the amendments, we're talking about 7,000 words. But here is the Constitution in force today. This is 3,000 pages of Supreme Court rulings showing what every ruling has done to the original words. This isn't going to get any smaller. In fact, every time they publish this document, they leave a bunch of blank pages at the back for additional rulings that they know are coming. Every page in this document means a grant of power to the federal government. Understand that this is the Constitution in operation today. And unless we change it, unless we make its wording crystal clear, we're going to continue to operate under this document forever and ever until the whole house of cards comes falling down. On this next slide, we'll talk about career politicians. Our founders never wanted anyone to make a career out of public service. But look how long these men and women from both sides of the aisle have been in Washington. You might say, what's wrong with that? Their constituents elected them. Why shouldn't they continue serving? The problem is that the longer someone stays in DC, the more they smell like the swamp. The more they become tied to the bureaucracies and the special interests, the less they're willing to stick their neck out for the good of their constituents, or more importantly, the good of the country. And you'll see in this next slide that the problem is just getting worse. And why shouldn't it? Our federal office officials, whether we're talking about bureaucrats, the Supreme Court, or Congress people, don't have any incentive to change the status quo. They're perfectly happy to continue acquiring more power, wealth, and influence as long as we the people will let them. This is one of our core beliefs at Convention of States. The federal government will never fix itself. They'll never stop spending, abusing their power, or seeking re-election. So now let's come to the solution. Fortunately, the founders predicted this would happen. That's why they included the Convention of States option in Article 5 of the Constitution. Imagine you were in this room. We're in Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the very place where the Constitution was done and the Declaration of Independence. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, here with Mark Meckler. And Mark, if you had been in this room, when it happened, when the Constitution was created and George Mason stands up at the very end to say, hey guys, wait a minute, we messed up, we got a real problem here, what would you do? I'd have probably been irritated. <laughs> Sit down, you can hear the George, grumbling, right? Yeah, right? They're like, like let's on, go man. home. It's two days. <laughs> September 15, 1787, two days before the end of convention, you guys have heard the story. It's hot in here. Yeah. Like they didn't have HVAC back then, so it's hot. The windows are boarded up. They're all irritated by now. They want to go home. Mason stands to address the men and he says, we have a terrible problem with the document we've drafted. I can hear the groans now. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, here George again. again right? yeah. And he says, we've given the power to the federal government to propose amendments should they deem them necessary, but we've not given the same power to the people acting through the states. Now I gotta stop you there, back up. They've been here for all those weeks to create a federal government. They've redesigned the whole thing. The constitution is designed. Here's our three branches of government. Here's what states can do. Here's what federal government can do. They've created all of that. 
and he's saying, wait a minute, we have a problem. Yeah, and there's a, a little bit of lost history in there. Actually, the very first draft that went out to the working committees contained this power. The states had the power. I didn't know that. The federal government didn't, actually. And when it came back, somehow it had been reversed. And so he notices this at the last minute, literally, brings this problem up, everybody groans, we think, we don't have the videotape, right? Yeah. But then he asks a question that I think is the real question, and this question resonates across the ages. He says, are we so naive that we believe that a federal government that becomes a tyranny will ever propose amendments to restrain its own tyranny? Now wait, let me put that in country boy language. I'm a country boy. That means if the federal government ever gets out of control, do we really think the very people that stole power, that took it without permission, We'll just give it back. We'll just hand it off yeah. to us. You know, whenever I tell this story in a hall or in a meeting somewhere, people laugh. Yeah. And I think that's probably what they did. You know, we don't have a recording. We can kind of tell. Madison's notes in that point, they say nincom. It's Latin for no comment, essentially. That's an abbreviation. No debate. These no guys de debated everything. That's the 1787 version of mic drop. Exactly. Right? No, like, I, mean, I call it the forehead slap. Like everybody just went, oh my gosh. We missed that. I can't believe we missed that. Yeah. And so Eldridge Gary proposes the second part of Article 5 gives the states two-thirds of them power to call and convene a convention of states for proposing amendments. Then the vote's taken. I think this part's incredible. Imagine them in this room, right? Ready to go home. It's unanimous. Unanimous. Absolutely. So it was so obvious to them that we had to give this power to the people acting through the states that there's no debate and it's unanimously adopted. Now let's just summarize that real quick. So they created the Constitution, they created the three branches of government, they created all these different levels of accountability, and they said, we didn't solve everything, in the future there will be issues, this will need to be amended. Congress can propose amendments and send it back to the states and they ratify it. And what George Mason changed, what they actually put in there at the end is, the states can propose amendments. The states come together and propose amendments, and then it goes back to all the states to be ratified. And unanimously, they said, that's a good idea. We need that second mechanism. Yeah, important to remember what that means is they gave the ultimate power not to the federal government, not to Washington, D.C., but to the people in the states. Thank you, George Mason. As this video explains, the founders wrote Article 5 for one specific reason, so that the states could check federal power. They knew that without the Convention of States option, a corrupt, powerful federal government would never fix itself. Which brings us to the actual text of Article 5. Here's what it says. At its most basic level, Article 5 allows the state legislature to call a convention for the purpose of proposing amendments. This convention can only be called if two-thirds of the states, today that would be 34, pass resolutions calling for such a convention. And note the word proposing. An Article 5 Convention of States is a meeting of the states in which they discuss potential amendments to the U.S. Constitution. Those amendments, as Article 5 says, must then be sent back to the states and ratified by 38 legislatures. This is a very high bar, but it ensures that only the best, most popular amendments will finally be added to our founding document. What's our plan? Our plan is simple. We want to use Article 5 as the founders intended. We believe the federal government has gone off the rails and we want to encourage the states to use their power under Article 5 to get our nation back on track. Like the colonists during the War for Independence, our desire isn't to scrap everything and start something brand new. Instead, we want to get back to our founding principles. And we believe the best, most effective way to do that 
is to call a convention of states. So how is it going to work? Fortunately, the founders predicted this would happen. That's why they included the convention of states option in Article 5 of the Constitution. What's step one? First, citizens ask their state legislatures to pass a resolution calling for an Article 5 convention of states. Millions of patriots all across the country have done this by signing the Convention of States petition, and thousands more have called, emailed, and met with their state representatives. Next, the Convention of States resolution follows the same process as any other resolution. It must pass committees in both chambers and finally pass the full chamber in the House and the Senate. Once 34 states pass identical resolutions calling for a convention of states, Congress is obliged under Article 5 to name a time and a place for the convention. The state legislatures decide how to select delegates to the convention, but no matter how many delegates they send, each state gets only one vote. At the convention, delegates propose, debate, and vote on amendments. We'll get into the details of this in a minute, but for now, it's important to know that all amendments proposed must be limited to the language of the Convention of States resolution. Any off-topic amendment will be considered out of order. Amendment proposals are passed when a simple majority of the state delegations vote for them. Next, the amendment proposal that pass out of convention are sent back to the states for ratification. 38 states must vote yes for any amendment proposal to become part of the Constitution. Again, this is a very high bar, and it all but ensures that no bad amendments will end up in our founding document. You can think of it like this. It only takes one legislative chamber in 13 states to keep any amendment from moving forward. I don't know about you, but I can easily think of 13 states that would kill any amendment limiting freedom or drastically restructuring our system of government. Finally, once the entire process is complete, the amendment proposals become part of the Constitution. So what's our strategy? Our strategy consists of two main arenas, the state legislatures and the grassroots. On the legislative side, we're seeking to pass the Convention of States resolution in at least 34 states. We've passed it in 15 states, which means we're just about halfway there. Our resolution calls for amendments in three distinct categories that limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, impose fiscal restraints on Congress, and mandate term limits for elected officials. Remember, like I said before, when the states call for a convention of states under this resolution, they can only propose amendments that fall into one of these three categories. The Convention of States project doesn't endorse any particular amendment. Rather, we want the states to debate and propose specific amendments um, that are under our three broad topics. Here's where you come in. Along with lobbying in state legislatures, we're seeking to build the nation's largest grassroots army. And as you can see, we're well on our way. We have volunteer teams with leadership structures in every state, over 5 million volunteers and supporters, 
and local leadership, what we call district captains, in over 1,700 state house districts. Thanks in large part to the grassroots army, the momentum for the Convention of States movement is building all across the country. The green states represent states where we've already passed our resolution. There are 15 so far. We've also conducted polling in over a dozen states that have yet to pass our resolution. In those states, over 60% of voters say they would support their state calling for a convention of states. Finally, one of the most exciting aspects of, Article, of the Article 5 movement is that it enjoys bipartisan support. Over half of Democrats and 75% of Republicans say they would back a convention of states to limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. Plus, some of the nation's most prominent thinkers and leaders have taken note of the growing Convention of States movement. So how do you get involved? In conclusion, if you'd like to get involved, here are three of the best ways. First, you can simply sign the official Convention of States petition at conventionofstates.com. When you sign the pe petition and provide your full address, we'll automatically send you a copy of the petition to your state legislators. This is a great, easy way to let your representatives know you support the Convention of States resolution in your state legislature. Next, you can volunteer to be a district captain in your local community. Here's a brief video explaining that position. All of us at the Convention of States Project truly believe freedom is worth fighting for. That's why we are executing a strategy that uses the Constitution to restore America. We believe the key to our success is creating and mobilizing a grassroots army at the state level. And the most critical member of this grassroots army is the district captain. We need a district captain in each of the 5,000 state house districts nationwide. As a district captain, you're on the front line in the fight for liberty. You'll be connecting convention of state supporters in your local area, partnering with your state director to organize local town halls, meetings and petition drives, and mobilizing local activists to have their voices heard at your state legislature. We will give you all the tools you will need and proudly stand shoulder to shoulder with you as we recruit, train, mobilize, and engage the largest grassroots army in the history of the United States. So be a part of the movement that refuses to let liberty die and stands up for our children and their future. Welcome aboard. The district captain position is one of the most essential parts of this movement. District captains are the backbone of this movement. They are in the trenches bringing forth this Article 5 Convention of States. We will never be able to get to a convention if you don't sign up to become a district captain and get involved in your local community. We need district captains who can be leaders in their community to make this movement happen and become a reality. Um, district captains have two primary roles. They're building grassroots influence within their district, and then they're also building a relationship with their legislator. These are the two primary objectives that every district captain has. And it is absolutely essential for district captains to do these two things, to call a convention of states. This last way to get involved is less important than the other two, but I still want to mention it. We rely heavily on our amazing volunteers, but like any organization, the Convention of States Project 
also relies on our, on our generous donors to keep up the fight for liberty. If you'd like to contribute, you can do so at conventionofstates.com forward slash donate. That's it. Thank you so much for your time and attention today. We do this show every week to reach, teach, and activate Americans with the constitutional empowerment gifted to we the people from the founding fathers. The framers knew that this day might come. They knew that we might be in a situation just like this, where you have the federal government who is abusing their powers, uh, runaway debt, and a Congress that fails to act. That's why they put the Convention of States process in Article 5 of the Constitution. You know, despite all of the things going on uh, across the country right now, despite all the turmoil, we at COS believe that the best days for America are still ahead of us. But only if we do what it takes and only if we do it right now. It's not going to happen through osmosis. Um, it's not going to happen by throwing a shoe at the TV or by venting on Facebook, venting to a family member. And it's certainly not going to happen by just tuning into this broadcast. We need you involved in the fight for liberty. Millions of Americans have already signed the COS petition, and thousands of Americans are volunteering all across the country. They have decided to put their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor on the line, and they are they're amazing patriots. These heroes, they need your help, though. They can't do it alone. They need you in the fight for liberty with them. So if you're ready to become a volunteer, if you are ready to be moved from a citizen act or from a uh, mere voter to a citizen activist, go to www.conventionofstates.com. Go to the take action page and get involved in this fight for liberty. All right. After you've gone to the take action page, after you've scrolled through all the different volunteer positions that we have, and after you've applied, go to wherever you get your social media buzz um, and make sure that you're following Convention of States. Like and share our content. You can find us on Rumble, MeWe, Facebook, Twitter, Parler, Instagram, and now we're even on TikTok. So make sure that you are liking and following and sharing all of the content uh, from Convention of States. You can also listen to this program and other historical historic legacy content on our new podcast search Convention of States on Spotify, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, uh, Amazon Music, or Audible. Uh, make sure that you're leaving a, leaving us a five-star review because that helps us grow the show. Uh, you can also, if you want to bypass big tech, if you want to push out the big tech overlords and still get COS content and important messages from Convention of States, you can text START to 54555. Again, that's START to 54555. Make sure that you check out the battle cry with COS President Mark Meckler every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you next Tuesday for another episode of COS Live at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, until then, we have a country to save, so it's time to get back to work. And remember, if you want to know who's going to restore the republic, look in the mirror because it's going to be you. Thanks for watching. This has been the podcast version of COS Live. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.